good evening and welcome, my dear listeners, to Voices of the Sacred Feminine, where I and my guests Well, here we speak truth to patriarchal power, to predator capitalism, and we have the courage to propose a new normal in society, to work toward manifesting that new normal in the world so that 99% of us have a better quality of life. You know, there is an alternative to the patriarchal order, though the status quo prefers you not know it. It hasn't always been this way, and it doesn't have to continue as it is. There is an alternative to predator capitalism that exploits workers, the environment, humanity, and species across the globe. We can have a world where women are equal, and 70% of us don't retire in poverty or continue to be punished for the male dogma of Eve's sin. We can have a world where it's taboo to commit domestic violence or female genital mutilation or dare pay women less than men for the same job. We can have a life-affirming world where sex is sacred once again. And you know what? The alternative in my mind and uh, many like-minded friends of mine is the sacred feminine liberation theology is the answer. And that's what we talk about here, um, namely sacred feminine as not just deity or archetype, but also ideals and values, which I've written a good a bit about in uh, my four books, Goddess Calling, Voices of the Sacred Feminine, Sacred Places of Goddess, and Walking an Ancient Path. Well, I want to thank you all for being with me again tonight. Uh, I certainly know that there is a lot of other choices out there, and it warms my heart uh, that uh, you keep coming back, and it keeps me going hearing how much the show means to you. So thank you for those emails of appreciation uh, so that I get to know you a little bit better. And also, it was wonderful to see some of you Sunday when I guest ministered at the Goddess Temple of Orange County. What an incredible service we had this week. You know, if um, you haven't gotten there yet, you're, I mean, you, you simply must. If you live within driving distance or perhaps have a vacation planned soon, um, you know, somewhere close to Los Angeles or San Diego, the Goddess Temple of Orange County in Irvine is a must. And tonight I have with me the foundress and center holder of that incredible temple, Reverend Ava. Uh, she and I, I have to say, were quite the dynamic duo on Sunday as she talked about <laughs> Um, the patriarchal reversals and how patriarchy just simply turns what's normal on its head. And, you know, I bookended her talk with mine about how we must all be her voice. We must have the courage and tenacity to reject the patriarchal myths that have shaped this unjust society. We must reclaim and even rewrite the mythology because mythology shapes our culture and we want goddess ideals shaping our culture moving forward because that would be a culture of fairness, equality, justice, peace, and inclusiveness instead of this dominator culture of war and intolerance. And tonight, uh, we're lucky to have Reverend, Reverend Ava sharing with us a practice that has proven so empowering for her over the years. It's her 20-minute daily empowerment. And, um, you know, and she's going to tell us how you can change your life in just 20 easy minutes a day. And that's coming up next. And how many of us really can't manage to spare 20 minutes, especially when you hear, out, hear just how powerful this is? 
And uh, tonight, um, uh, also, uh, I wanted to tell you after the interview, uh, there's some other stuff uh, going on. Um, so I want you to stay tuned after my interview with Ava. You'll hear uh, one of the outtakes uh, from the documentary I'm in, Femme, A Women Healing the World. Uh, I'll share news of the incredible events coming up uh, at the Venice Library, uh, the Joseph Campbell Roundtable. Ava and I are going to talk about some uh, wonderful things happening at the Goddess Temple in July. And I'll also remind you that it's time to secure your spot for the Goddess Spirit uh, Rising Conference in Simi Valley in September uh, as well. But uh, one last thing before we start the interview with Ava, because I, I don't want this to slip my mind again because it has the last few weeks. Uh, if at some point during the time you have been listening to the show, you hit the follow button, as I always encourage you to do, uh, so that you get news of uh, which shows are coming up each week, well, that notification it seems to have ceased working. Uh, you might not even have noticed, um, but please, if it's important to you to make sure you know when the show is coming on, maybe you're not on my email data list, maybe you don't always see the posts on Facebook, please do uh, do this again, even if you've done it once before. Hit the follow button so you don't miss notice of any great shows. Uh, so do it right now if uh, if you like. I hit the follow button once again to ensure you're reminded uh, of the weekly shows that uh, are coming on uh, each week. Um, also, uh, after my interview with Ava, I'll be telling you a bit about the Bernie Sanders presidential rally I attended recently and why Bernie is the man, i got to tell you. Uh, feel the burn, as those of us in, in uh, his movement say, or his revolution that he's calling for. Uh, yes, it might surprise you, but um, I am really believing in this guy. It wouldn't surprise me if Elizabeth Warren actually endorses him. But you know what? More on that later. And one final thank you. Um, the music you heard opening the show tonight was from Diva Haley. The cut was called uh, Narayani from her Sacred Alchemy CD, and it's a great one. Uh, so please uh, check it out online, and uh, I always encourage you to support the artists that support the show uh, in sharing their music. Okay, uh, so now let me uh, turn my attention to my good friend Ava Park, or Reverend Ava, as she's known to the goddess community here in Southern California uh, and across the world, really. Uh, Ava and I, we really go back a long time. Um, as uh, she often says, uh, she was one of uh, the folks on one of the first tours I organized uh, to Egypt way back in the uh, mid-90s, maybe, early 90s, somewhere around there. It's really kind of become a blur. Um, but uh, I'll never forget how incredible she was uh, during the planning of that trip. Uh, one of the women went a little bonkers just before we departed for Egypt, and uh, she started uh, demanding a private room uh, at the lower price uh, that she paid for a room with a roommate. You know how that is, a single or a double room. You know, you pay extra if you have a private room. Well, long story short, um, uh, it, you know, that demand jeopardized the delicate 
uh, economics of the trip, and it really might have even caused the tour to be canceled. Well, you know, I remember Ava stepping up, and uh, she gave the woman her private room and roomed with a roommate, even though she paid the higher price to have her own privacy. And I wonder if she even remembers that wonderful and generous gesture, because, you know, I sure do. Um, And you know what? That's just the way Reverend Ava rolls. Uh, She and the priestesses at the Goddess Temple, I have to say, have been so great to me over the years. I can't say enough good stuff. Uh, I would describe her and the women that work with her uh, in that temple as nourishing, supportive, all the things one would hope for in a community. And I am not um, ashamed in the least to say I owe them a huge debt of gratitude because, you know, they provided a container for me, a safe place, where I could hone my craft and get my sea legs and be able to do what I do today. They really supported me when I was growing and stretching and uh, trying to see who I was and what I could do. So, you know, that solidarity among women instead of competition is so very important. We really must perpetuate that everywhere in the workplace, with our friends and our communities. And uh, Ava has founded the Goddess Temple, you know, a brick-and-mortar temple of goddess. I mean, seriously, think about that feat. Uh, One of only a few on the planet, uh, something most of us only dreamed about. Well, she accomplished it. And uh, we will have her tell you more about that in just a few minutes. Um, So besides being such a good friend in person, um, you know, she is also quite the priestess, uh, quite accomplished in her own right. Um, Let me share her bio with you before we begin our chat uh, about her 20-minute daily empowerment practice that we are lucky enough to have her share with us tonight. So uh, Ava is the author of The Queen Teachings with Ava, the foremost set of teachings on the queen archetype and woman in the world today. Ava says, when goddess got thrown out of religion, the queen got thrown out of woman. And it's been downhill ever since. Ava is also, like we said, the creatrix of the only goddess temple of its kind in the world, which is now in its 11th year. The Goddess Temple of Orange County, a place that is devoted solely to the empowerment of the adult woman, is the world's natural spiritual authority. Currently, she's developing the Museum of Goddess History and Culture, as if the temple wasn't enough, and that is the only museum focused on the ancient goddess of humanity and her appearance in the world today. And the website of the Goddess Temple, uh, because I know you have to go look at it and see what I'm talking about, and uh, believe me, you will not be disappointed, is goddesstempleoc.org, goddesstempleoc.org. So, my dear friend Ava, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Karen. Uh, what a tremendous privilege to be talking with you once again. I, you know, I loved your powerful introduction, your opening words. When I hear them, uh, they just make me want to cheer. You know, talking <laughs> about recreating culture, and you know, with with I sold beheading two women for being witches yesterday, and and for, you know, working with elves. It's like, do do we need a new culture on this planet? Yes, we do. And oh my I God. Right. What? Well, I I didn't even know about that. Um, I, I oh, hadn't okay. I, I I hadn't heard that. Oh my oh my heavens! Yes, uh, they they beheaded two women and put it on the internet uh, for and and their husbands for being sorcerers uh, for being witches and working with elves. It, how bizarre is that? And but just 
horrible. And the, this sort of mass insanity, uh, just it needs what you so powerfully refer to as goddess liberation theology. It, we just need it so badly. Uh, you know, I know you're one of the most influential women in goddess spirituality. In fact, I think you were voted, but technically voted, officially voted, and you were truly brilliant at the temple last Sunday, and it, there was a lot of synchronicity between, even though we didn't prepare our respective talks, that they, they just blended perfectly. So uh, They did. You know, it it was really a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, it was really awesome. And, uh, yeah, to hear our voices in tandem about this, uh, you know, I just don't think we can say it enough. And, you know, we really do have to, uh, I think, encourage other women to say it. And, uh, you know, just like I said Sunday, you, you know, some of us, you know, we have we have our days when we wonder, can we really change the world? And then we have a week like we had last week, and we see yeah. how, how quickly things can just change change, you know, with yep. um, right. the the Confederate flag and, um, right. you, you know, and look at, well, and I'm going to talk about Bernie Sanders later. I mean, Bernie Sanders is, is taking the country by storm. And, um, you know, it just goes to show how quickly things can shift. You know, we think things are stuck and it's never going to change, and then some little tipping point happens, and, um, you know, the dominoes start to fall. And uh, I I have to tell you, I'm really excited after being in the doldrums for a while. Well, I agree with you on Bernie Sanders. Uh, You know, my natural inclination is to support women, uh, and I have to say he is really capturing my heart um, one of my definitions for a leader is a good leader is one who works to provide the greatest good for the greatest number of people. And you certainly can't say that about very many of our legislators uh, in Congress, so, you know, the people running this country today. Um, and Bernie Sanders, boy, if he can, if he can do the things that he, you know, says that he is interested in doing, if that would actually come come through in in actuality he would be the definition of a good leader he's he's amazing well you know uh when i saw him at the at the um uh in canoga park recently you know one of the people asked him you know bernie you know yeah you're you know you're you know you're you're on fire now and people are starting to know who you are and you're you're speaking for us you have you know you're saying what we feel but how you know, how are we going to change things? You know, look, you know, President Obama just had this, you know, Congress who wouldn't work with him. And he literally said, he said, look, I'm not going to pull any punches. He said, we need a revolution. He said, we have to sweep the House and the Senate. We have to fill it full of Democrats, for one thing. And he said, we, and he said, I, he thought President Obama was a brilliant man and a good man. But where he went wrong was once he got in office, he said, thank you very much. Leave it to me. I'll take it from here. He said, we aren't going to be able to do that if I get in the White House. He said, you are going to have to continue to press and press and press. He said, the people are going to have to be active because, you know, with the forces that are out there, uh, they're going to have to see that the people are going to take nothing less. And I have to tell you, I'm excited. I've been waiting for revolution in the street for a decade. (laughs) Well, I know. And, you know, there's a a phrase that sounds very harsh, and, and maybe it's controversial and some of your listeners will not agree, but there is an old phrase that says people get the government that they deserve, that they put mm-hmm. up with. 
and we we can no longer this this type of government worldwide this kind of leadership is killing people in both metaphorically and and actually in you know physical reality and it it's oppressing us in horrible ways we can no longer put up with this kind of government absolutely you you said it absolutely um, and, you know, I don't think it's harsh. I think it's just being very pragmatic and truthful, and uh, people have to face reality because too many people have their heads buried in their phones and in their gadgets, and, you know, they <laughs> don't, don't even know what's going on out there, you know, until it's too late and it affects them because, gee, you know, maybe they found out they can't get an abortion or maybe they had a miscarriage and now somebody is going to investigate them because that's what the, you know, their red state legislature passed. Anyway, don't right. get me started. <laughs> oh, gosh, I know. I know. We can't, we can no longer be so uneducated and apathetic. You know, um, when when this country started, uh, not that I don't have a lot of complaints about our so-called founding fathers, but the average person was actually much more involved in in their, you know, local government. Uh, you know, they read newspapers, they went to town hall meetings, they were really, you know, involved in caring in a way that we have, we are not today. We've become so apathetic. You know, half of us don't even go vote. So True. You know, if we have to, we have to like really get in there and and run the, you know, the lives that we want for this country, the way we want well, to live. And, you know, I think, Ava, there was a time, you know, if I go back to maybe when I was in my 20s, I think things were different. There was more integrity in Congress, you know, um, you know both sides uh, to a certain extent, I think, cared about the people, uh, certainly more than they do now, you know. Um, it's, it's crazy the way, you know, uh, income inequality and everything is now. You know, you sort of felt like, well, you know, they, they, they pretty much, you know, they're, they're kind of looking out for me. But I, I don't think people have realized how, you know, corporations and the rich and, you know, have, have really just uh, dominated uh, everything. And, uh, you know, you see, um, you know, as soon as people hear, oh, well, if we stand up for something like labeling our food, we're going to lose jobs. You know, people cower in fear. You know, they would, they would, they're so afraid to lose jobs that they don't care if their food is labeled. You know, and, right, right. Uh, it, it, it's, it's just crazy. Or if, or like if that. their, or if their air is, or if their air is clean, or their water is clean. I know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just insane. You know, people really have to wake up and and find their backbone. But, well, <laughs> we were, tonight uh, we were going to talk about um, your incredible twenty minute daily empowerment. And you know, I stumbled onto this little book that you had written at the temple and started reading it. And I thought, you know, Ava, this has to be your next book. You're going to have to publish this, I think. Um, and I'm so glad you agreed to uh, share this with with listeners because you know you have been such an incredible manifester would you attribute the things you've been able to manifest in your life um to this practice because i know you you know you came up from nothing yes i did oh if people knew my background uh i was you know raised in a, a loving but chaotic and dysfunctional family that had nothing. We were constantly having our car repossessed and our our phones shut off. You know, we never had any money. Uh, you know, we were homeless several times, but 
my my dad had a great way of reframing it. So we were just between apartments, so we never really knew we were homeless. <laughs> but I mean, I I come from, I yeah, we were between apartments a lot, but uh, you know, living in our car. But it was, you know, I had a very difficult childhood, moving around constantly, and and uh, you know, as I say, never any money, um, lots of lots of deprivation. Uh, but um, I didn't know how to create the life that I wanted. Uh, so that's that's what I eventually learned to do. So, and and would you say that this, you know, how you learn to put the pieces together is this 20-minute daily empowerment sort of the culmination of that? Well, definitely. And I would say that of all the spiritual practices, that I engage in or have learned about and have tried, I would say this one is actually the one that has done me personally the most good and the one to which I attribute whatever success I have had in my life. Um, I certainly attribute the creation of the Goddess Temple to it. Uh, people, you know, when I, when I wanted to start the Goddess Temple 12 uh, years ago, I got together a couple of business focus groups and uh, very intelligent people, uh, very successful people, and I presented the idea to them, and oh my goddess, did they poo-poo it. They said it will never fly, do not waste your money, do not sink a dime into this, do not do this, it's never going to work in Orange County, no one will come, Uh, it's just a complete lost cause, it's crazy, it's nutty, and you know, 11 years later, you know, here we are, I'm glad that I ignored all that, you know, so-called sage advice and went ahead and and used my 20-minute empowerment technique to uh to actually manifest the goddess temple of the 18 bullet points that I put down uh about what kind of physical temple we wanted to have, you know, number of bathrooms and my, you know, number, you know, amount of square footage you know, two green tree, you know, two uh, grass, grassy areas outside and green trees and on a corner. You know, I have these 18 bullet points. Of those 18 bullet points uh, that I visualized in my mind and used my 20-minute empowerment technique to really ground into my being, um, uh, out of 18 of those bullet points, 17 of them manifested. That's incredible. <laughs> which is amazing. That, that is incredible. It's incredible. So, so I mean, obviously we're calling it the 20-minute daily empowerment technique. So other than the obvious, um, would you, I mean, would you describe it as a, a manifestation tool or is it more than that? Well, I certainly think it could be called a manifestation tool. Um, you know, a lot of people believe in positive affirmations, but a lot of people don't really know how to use affirmations to their best advantage. You know, they'll, you know, read a book on it, and they'll, you know, write out a few things, they repeat a few phrases once in a while, but they never really learn to use them in a way that actually does any real real good. So this, my 20-minute daily empowerment booklet teaches women a way to create a very specific set of affirmations in a very specific way, also using corresponding simple symbolic enactments that you do with the empowerment. And you you just use items that you have around the house, salt and bells and different things. And then you listen to it, just seated peacefully, as if you were in meditation, 
and it's created in a way that draws what you desire from the unseen world, uh, from well, my, my favorite poetic term is from the void which is not empty, you know, from what some people call the great field of all potential, and have it precipitate, as metaphysicians say, into your reality, to, to literally come into being for you in this life that you are living now. So I started studying metaphysics and ancient wisdom in my 20s, um, which were, my 20s were pretty difficult. Uh, I was just learning. But by my 30s, I had actually begun to learn some techniques from master teachers that helped me to understand how better to command my reality and, you know, actually create the life that, that I really wanted to live. So okay. over the past over the past 30 years, I condensed the best of these techniques into this very simple 20-minute daily routine that I and a lot of other women now perform every day. And it's just like bathing and brushing your teeth and sleeping and eating. And, um, you know, whatever I have achieved in life to this point, uh, I do credit to this simple technique. And if I had to choose only one class or booklet of mine that I could teach for the rest of my life, the one the one that I think would do more women more good in their actual daily lives, I think it it would be this one. Well, well, why would you say women need it, and will it also work for men? Well, yes, of course it would work for men. However, I have devoted my life specifically to empowering the adult woman as the leader for the world, as the natural spiritual authority. So I, I do focus my efforts on women. However, men certainly could uh, adapt this for their own for their own use. I, it is my belief spiritually that women should lead the world, and I'm not afraid to say that. Uh, and so that's why I focus on women. Okay. And um, what are some of the principles that the practice is uh, based on? Well, let me uh, share with you. I'll, I'll share some principles. Um, I think that daily empowerment, whatever your other spiritual practices are, it, it really sets the tone for and enhances and increases the amount of personal power that you are going to have in a in a given day. Um, and you can, you know, the empowerment is very simple. You can do it sitting. You can do it standing. You can do it lying down. You can do it in the morning, the noon, or evening. You know, you can do it alone or you can do it with people all around you, you know. Um, you can do it at your desk, at your altar, your bed. You can do it in your car. Um and to create your daily empowerment, you just sit quietly, you read the booklet, uh, you fill in the blanks. It's very, I've made it very, very easy for people. You just fill in the blanks and you determine several things for yourself, your life purpose and several other important things. And then you have a, a structure for your daily empowerment. And once you're satisfied with your work, you record, your, you just read your empowerment um, on, on maybe on, onto your smartphone. That's what I do. I, I've read mine onto my smartphone uh, and voice memo capability, and I just listen to it. You know, I listen to it whenever I can. And your your daily empowerment can and and should change over time. And in fact, what I found is that the more you engage in it, the faster your life is going to change, and the more quick, quickly you're going to have to redo your daily empowerment. 
statement, but that's really a lot of fun to have to redo it. It's very joyful because it points up to you how rapidly things are changing in your life for the better, I've found with, with lots of women I counsel. So would you would you say it's almost a form of um, self-hypnosis? You know, I guess you could call it that. Um, I, I see it somewhat differently. Um, I believe that that which you focus on expands in your life. And the problem is that we women don't have a clear, regular way of focusing on what we really, really want. Um, And this empowerment technique gives us a way to focus on that and to draw it into manifestation. The more you think about something with your whole, and it's not just mental, you have to engage your whole body. And that's why there are enactments that use sound, use taste, use uh, uh, hearing and, and sight uh, to go along so that you're, this is a fully embodied experience for 20 minutes. And when you can really focus on what you want, when you can not only visualize it, but feel it in your body, it is a feeling universe and things manifest with feeling. That's why people you know, continue to get lots of what they don't want because they're focused on worrying and so they get more to worry about. They're focused on what they don't like and what they're unhappy with so they get you know, more of a, a husband who's creepy. You know, it's you have to retrain your focus to focus on the joy. And people say, well, how can I feel joy when my life is a piece of crap? You know, well, this the empowerment, the way it's written, and what it what it helps you do is to get that feeling in your body of what life is going to be like when you have what you want. You must feel the feeling first. And then the information rides into your physical reality, this dense physical reality, rides in to your reality and starts doing what metaphysicians call precipitating or raining in to your life, uh, like beautiful blessing raindrops. And so that's what the empowerment does. It uses everything, the words, voice, hearing, sound, sight. Um, With the empowerment are pictures that you look at, uh, as and you gaze at that uh, that helps to empower you and give you the feeling of of what you are desiring. So it's more than just you playing back the recording from your smartphone. Then there's there's um, you know you do these other things in addition to that during those twenty minutes. Right, right. Now the fact is that uh, you do. But every once in a while, you're going to be traveling or you're going to be, you know, maybe something happened that day where you didn't actually have time to do it, but you have, you're driving somewhere for 20 minutes and you can listen in your car uh, and you don't have those tools. You might not have the salt or the bells or the booklet in front of you for the visuals. And so it's okay to simply listen to it. But if you have done the empowerment several times at least, uh, and you know what those items are, you can visualize them because you've already done it in reality. So you just bring it back to your mind. So it's okay to just listen to it also. But it's it's much more powerful if you do it as, as indicated with the sound, the sight, the taste, the smell, the, the drinking of the liquid, many, many things in there. And But it's 
it's also very simple, too. I've created it to be very simple because what I've found is that if something is too long and involved, you know, people say, well, why is it only 20 minutes? Wouldn't it be better if it was an hour? Yeah, well, people won't do it for an hour, you know? Right. It's, better to do it for, it's better to do it for 20 minutes every single day, you know, and set your reality, set what you desire for your reality every single day for 20 minutes than to do it, you know, for an hour uh, every two weeks. The, the so regularity. let me ask you, do you, yeah. well, a couple questions come to mind. The first is when you first started this, and, uh, you know, before you knew how successful it was going to be, um, did you have difficulty training yourself to make sure you stuck to it? And if so, can you give any advice to motivate people to kind of stick with the program? Yes. You know, it, a lot of us don't have as much discipline as we would like to have. And this is a discipline. This is, if you get up every morning and you immediately go to your emails and you immediately start letting other people set your feeling tone and agenda and actions for the day, then you're, you are basically letting other people run your life and run the quality of your life and, you know, interfere with your, with your desires for manifestation. You must not um, allow life to take you over. You, you must say, you must say, I am a queen, I am queen of my realm, and I will determine from, from the inside out what's going to happen in my realm. I am going to command as much of my reality for the good as I possibly can. So, you know, I know so many women who the first thing they do, you know, they get out of bed, they, you know, brush their teeth, wash their face, get dressed, grab a cup of coffee, and sit down immediately and start answering emails. Okay, I'm, I'm telling you, sisters, this is not the way to create your life. You must set the tone for your day, for what you want, and the empowerment is the way to do it. Once you start, if you can make yourself do it for 30 days, you will start to feel the grace and ease coming into your life. Somehow, you won't have more than 24 hours in the day, because none of us does. We all have the same 24 hours in the day. But somehow, something starts to shift, and things become easier. Synchronicities happen to you much more regularly, where you don't have to actually do everything. You simply, you know, set your tone, set your intention, set your desire, make it firm in your body, mind, spirit, and then the universe understands, oh, okay, this is what she intends for her day. And the universe starts helping you. God starts helping you, bring to you what you desire. So um, uh, I'm getting a a message in the chat room, and somebody says, um, I have a terrible boss, and um, he makes me crazy. Um, how do you, and, and, you know, I guess that's what they want to work on. If they're sort of immersed in that uh, uh, problem during the day, does that make it a little bit harder to focus on the life you want rather than the life you're maybe enduring? Well, certainly uh, having a bad boss is a form of torture. (laughs) True. It, it certainly is, and when you're being tortured, it is very difficult to uh, feel good about, you know, I admit that. I'm not saying, you know, that that's an easy thing. 
However, um, I have one great anecdote. Um, many years ago, I walked from San Diego to Los Angeles uh, with a Tibetan monk who had been in a Chinese Laogai camp, a prison camp, for 20 years. And he had been tortured every single day uh, by the same guard uh, for 20 years in, in this prison camp. And we were walking, you know, uh, in a demonstration with 20 other monks to free Tibet. And um, on this walk, I got to know him. And he didn't speak English, but he spoke to me through a translator. And he told me that he he despaired of anything. You know, he was being tortured, literally tortured every single day. Could not have been more miserable. But he said after, like, you know, 18 years, um, he finally figured out that hating the guard was keeping a an energetic cord between the two of them. It was keeping the situation going. And this, he said he said God told him this. He 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 just he he realized that he had to be the one to change his feeling. And so he started uh meditating on the divinity of this guard and feeling the joy in the in knowing that even though this guard was behaving hideously as a human being at some core level he was the one there is only one of, you know, the one of us that there is only one of. And so he would just spend, this monk would spend just a few minutes every day uh, focused on on this divinity of this guard. And he and within, it was like less than a year, he did this for, for a, you know, a few minutes every day, and then the guard would come and torture him, you know. And then he'd do it again the next morning, focus on the divinity and the joy he felt in the divinity of this man. And... Uh, and this went on for quite a while. And then finally, um, he was, uh, uh, I think after he had been working with this practice for like a year and a half uh, consistently, uh, out of the blue, Amnesty International started some kind of, he had been completely forgotten by, by the whole world. And, you know, there are plenty of prisoners in camps, but somehow Amnesty picked him out, Amnesty International picked him out and started a letter-writing campaign for him, he who had been forgotten, and he was out in 18 months, free, and walking in the United States with me, up PCH, with a little sign on his on his chest, and wow. dancing, dancing in the sand, and <clears> eating <throat> an ice cream cone, and dripping it on his, on his monk robes, and laughing, and he had no teeth left, because this guard had, had shoved a stun gun in his mouth for years, uh, and stunned him with this stun gun in the mouth, and all his teeth had fallen out. He had been tortured hideously, but he completely changed his whole life by focusing with joy on what he wanted, on, on you know, beauty and love. And that I believe that never would have happened if he had not instituted that practice. And that practice is basically, you know, part of what I'm talking about. So so for this person then, uh, it doesn't do any good to dwell on... Uh, the boss, you know, the bad relations. Uh, he, uh, this person, should actually uh, try to maybe um, see the boss in a more positive light, um, as as you described the monk did with the guard. Right, and I'm not saying that that is particularly easy to do. If you do not believe, you know, you have to believe in your own theology, your own spirituality, in your own words. If you, you know, you can't say, oh, my boss is a wonderful person, because your body will not believe that. 
you know, and, mm-hmm. and what your body what your body will not believe, you know, you, your feelings will not support, and then nothing will change. So it has to be supported by your by your theology, by your spirituality. Um, but what you could do with a really horrible boss, one thing you must know about having a horrible boss: the more you dwell on how horrible that person is, the more you strengthen the energetic cord between you two. In this, in this, because you're not the victim. You know, this person is not the victim of this boss. It only appears that way. But you, are, you two are locked in this, in this energetic um, situation. And the only way to free yourself is by changing your feelings. If you continue to hate him, then you, th- that situation will continue. And you, you might even, you know, that boss might die, but you'll recreate a new one just like that. Uh, so, and you'll get a, you'll get another boss just like that. So you must change your feelings, and this is this is challenging to do. But with the daily empowerment, the way it's written, it helps you get to the core of reality, which is beauty, which is joy. And you, if you can feel that for just a few minutes, then it's magic, and things start to shift. And that boss might go away. That boss might be promoted. You might be offered another job. We don't know. We can't really outline for a goddess. Uh, she has her, you know, magical ways. But something will shift when your feelings shift. Okay. And, um, you know, I recall uh, reading once, you know, in January when we do our resolutions, I read something about uh, uh, it's. Uh, they don't recommend you try to take on more than one um, resolution, for instance, at a time because your brain simply can't handle it. Do you, with this empowerment, is this something you would recommend for like maybe, you know, one lofty thing you want to accomplish or can you use it for multiple things simultaneously? The empowerment does talk about the major areas. Uh, women are most concerned with health relationships, uh, work, and money. Those are the four things that that most interest, that women are most concerned with yeah, in the world today. And so the empowerment addresses all those four issues uh, using the archetypes of the maiden, the mother, uh, the queen, and the wise woman. And uh, and it ties it all together using the elements, using air and fire and water and earth, and that's part of your enactment. Uh, so it ties everything together. Um, yes, you can. So when, when you come to work, when you come to the work section, it's just a paragraph, but you fill in your desire for what you want for your work. So this person you know, who's, who wrote in to you a moment ago, they would, in the work section with their horrible boss, they would write something, you know, in that to specifically tailor make their empowerment for their own desires. Okay. All right. Um, so maybe she would say, uh, you know, she is valued and appreciated and, you know, she gets a big raise kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Okay. Okay, so you could work on those four areas then simultaneously with the twenty-minute empowerment. I think is what you just said. Correct, and you and you actually should because obviously all those issues are very important to our daily lives. You know, we're not just focused on health. We're not just focused on relationships. 
we're not just focused on work, or, or we shouldn't be. You know, all those four things are very important to us, um, to every woman. And so you must set the tone and set the desire, set the intention for each of those four things. But for example, like in the in the health, uh, you know, it ha- starts out with every every section. Uh, and again, it's very brief, but every section starts out with your basic statement uh, that helps you, uh, and then you write in your own um, your own desire. For example, health. We there's a beautiful picture of an Indian maiden dancing. Vibrant good health is mine, and what a pleasure it is to live and move through the world in my healthy, strong, comfortable body. I have all the energy I need naturally through foods filled with life force, the right supplements for me, and pure water. I feel joy as my body dances through life, powered by the elements and filled with divine energy, getting stronger, healthier, and more beautiful every day. And then there's this section where you write your own affirmation for your own specific health interests. So let's say if you're having problems with your knees, then you know I teach you how to write a couple of sentences that speak to w- what you want to have change in your knees or whatever other health issue you might have. Okay, okay. Um, now, you say in your book that many people learn about the practice, but few will take advantage of it. Why is that? <laughs> well, that is true. The The reason is that... Um, how many times have you learned of a spiritual practice and you got kind of excited about it to start with um, and then you just kind of faded away and, and didn't didn't really continue it? You know, a lot mm-hmm. of people respond with excitement to the, the concept of, you know, something that sounds like this empowerment. It sounds so simple and I say it's so effective. And, you know, and people say, what? I just have to listen to something 20 minutes a day? Can it be that easy? But, you know, of the reality is that of all the people who have received this information, um, and I tell this in my class, uh, 80% will start with enthusiasm only to, like, drift away, you know, slowly until two or three months later they are no longer engaged with it. About 15% will never start, but they'll put the information on the back burner and maybe they'll intend perhaps to do something with it, but they'll never get around to it. And then only 5% will actually fully engage with it and use it regularly to change their lives for the better. And, you know, you ask why. You know, why such a low success rate? Don't people want to improve their lives? Well, you know, Karen, startlingly enough, the answer is for so many, no, not really. Change is very hard for most people. And, uh, you know, it always reminds me of uh, Garth in in Wayne's world. I fear change, you know. (laughs) And then there's then there's always, you know, that phrase, the devil you know is better than the one you don't. Mm-hmm. Most, people, most people really want to remain in their comfort zones. They want to stay with what they know. And sometimes even a life that seems like hell seems like home. Right. And at, at some level, at some deep level, I believe that women know that when they use the daily empowerment, their physical vibration rate is going to begin to change, to, to refine. And our energy body is going to be able to hold more life force. And life force 
is what you need to be effective and powerful enough to get what you want and need on this physical plane of existence. So carrying more life force means carrying more power. And with more personal power comes more what? Personal responsibility. And, you know, Karen, I I cannot tell you how many people in my counseling practice have, like, kind of backed away once they realized that the goal I was helping them move towards was to reclaim their personal power. And, Mm -hmm. you know, in the beginning, they say, well, you know, that's great, so far so good. But then also I ask them to accept the concomitant responsibility. And they're like, oh, no, not that. You know, suddenly they're like too busy to come to any further appointments. I think a lot of people would rather stay a victim of others, blaming others for the failures and disappointments of their lives. And it's almost as if as if they're saying, well, I'm not empowered, but, hey, at least it's not my fault. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Well, you know, so, um, it's, it's interesting that you say that because it's it's a kind of, I, I, you know, I, I sort of phrase it kind of a dirty little secret that I kind of um, – I, I mean, I, I think some women actually practice. You know, they will complain about the patriarchy or they will complain about their lot in life, but really they don't want to be in the driver's seat. They would really rather right. have somebody else, uh, you know, steering steering the vehicle. Right. They would rather stay right. in the back seat um, right. when push comes to shove because, you know, um, for for whatever reason, you know, maybe a multitude. Well, it's a lot of, of it's a lot of responsibility to be the queen. You know, yeah. the responsibility. It's a it's a great joy and it's a great privilege, but it is also a great responsibility. And you know, it's like now suddenly you are the one who people blame if things are not going right, and so it's much easier to stand in the shadows and be the blamer rather than the one who's blamed. You know, right. Right, right. Well, um, a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, say, "Well, I'm too," you know, they start out, you know, they're the eighty percent. They start out with enthusiasm, but you know, like day by day, bit by bit, they find excuses not to do their empowerment. And you know, they say, "Oh, I'm too busy." You know, we're all too busy for an extra twenty-minute thing, but it's amazing we can watch TV all evening long until bedtime. You know, the average person, <laughs> the average person watches four of four hours of television a day. Most yeah. of it in the evening after work. Yeah, and, yeah, I can. Yeah, I mean, Roy, so, Roy is Roy is addicted to TV. I can. Uh, I, 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 I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, I say watch three and a half hours of TV and then go do your empowerment. There you there's go. Another, <laughs> there's another challenge to sticking with it. The second challenge is, and this is a little more subtle. As you do your daily empowerment your personal vibration rate begins to literally become stronger and more refined and more powerful. That's why it's called an empowerment. And you will find it more and more difficult. This is the truth, the hard truth. You will find it more and more difficult to be with certain people, people Mm. perhaps you've always loved and been comfortable with, family members, husbands, mothers, friends, whatever. Energetically, vibrationally, they are remaining in the same place, you know, more or less, while you, doing your empowerment with your focused intention and feeling, are rapidly evolving. And, you know, you might find that their presence becomes increasingly more difficult for you to bear. 
And, yeah. you know, the fact is, believe me, they're feeling the same way about you. It's like, whatever happened to Mary? She used to be somebody you could talk to. Meaning, yeah, who you does know, she think she is now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, like, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, many people have a huge resistance to making more money than or doing better than their parents did. This is a very common thing. Um, so in the same way, many of us have a big resistance to evolving to a more refined vibration rate than the, the average rate of, of our group, our circle of friends. And, you know, it's, in some way it feels kind of sad to evolve mm-hmm. away from the people that we've known and loved. <clears throat> so, you know, it's like, well, do you want to evolve and become more powerful or do you want to stay stay with your, your dysfunctional tribe who's, you know, not doing very well? Well, like, the, you know, probably the the positive flip side <clears throat> flip side of that is you will attract to you maybe more people who are also vibrating at a higher level, and you will replace the the others with new people who can maybe help catapult you even further forward. Well, that's exactly what does happen. Now, you know, when it comes to you know a beloved mother or sister they may not be in that category. And that's the, that's the kind of painful part. You know, we love right. these people, but we see their dysfunction. But you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, yes, you start to, you know, move in circles of empowerment as your vibration rate changes through this discipline work every morning for 20 minutes. Um, and Or you can do it at night, too. I, I have to do mine in the morning or, or the day gets away from me. I have to do it, you know, first thing in the morning or... Or I find, you know, it's 9 o'clock at night and I'm falling into bed, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, now, uh, I, I know people have said this is pretty amazing, uh, you know, those who have taken your course. Um, are there a few phrases that you feel or may be meaningful for women? Yes, there's there's a lot of phrases that I've, uh, throughout the empowerment, that um, are are very beautiful very, um, it, as I said, it's a feeling universe. So we include a lot of feeling words. And as you hear these words, and some women ask me to record their empowerment, uh, uh, which I'm very happy to do uh, for a donation to the temple. They give me their smartphone, and I will record their empowerment uh, for them. And they, they prefer listening to you know another voice. But there's a lot of beautiful phrases that help you in the moment when you're listening to them. They flood your body with uh, that feeling that you want. And the more you can flood your body with the feeling of what you intend, what you desire, instead of yearning for it, you know, yearning energetically um, puts a, um, literally, like it's like a carrot and a stick, donkey with a carrot and a stick. It's, it keeps uh, uh, there's a wave of energy that keeps pushing. When you yearn for something and long for something, uh, it's a, a true, truly negative thing for you because that longing actually puts a, an energetic wave kind of out in front of your body and keeps pushing the thing that you want, the thing that would manifest. Uh, it keeps pushing it out in front of you. It's always out there in front, never really within your grasp, never never really within your reach. Well, what's so, the difference between longing and desire then? Is uh, is longing, desire not a good thing yes. either? No, desire is a desire is holy, you know, and there are some 
there are some religions uh, uh, that say, you know, we should try to get beyond our desires. And I don't believe that at all. Nothing would happen in the physical world if it were not for woman's desire. You know, woman's desire is holy. The difference between desire and longing is there's this sort of um, victimy, oh, I wish I had that. That's not a joyful feeling. Desire. Desire is like, oh, this is so luscious what I'm thinking about. You know, I love this thing that I'm thinking about. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's sensual. It's joyful. It's, you know, it's a completely, longing is a completely different feeling than just holding the beauty of your, of your good desire. I, I get that. I as soon I I could hear it in your voice. It made perfect sense. Um, well, so are you still doing the empowerment now? Oh my gosh, yes, I do it every morning, and um, I change mine a lot. I change my I rewrite mine like once a month because the things that I am specifically asking for uh, and and affirming have already happened because that's the spirit you should write things in, and I teach this in the booklet. You you write things in the spirit of them uh, already happening now, not out in front of you, not will happen. If you write things in the in the in the uh, future tense, you know I will be healthy. It'll always be like that carrot and stick. It'll always be out in front of you, never really in your body. And you want it to be in your body. You want it to be right now. So uh, I I find that as I do my empowerment, I find that things change so rapidly in my life that I I get the things that I'm asking for so quickly that I have to rewrite my empowerment because it's outdated fairly quickly. <laughs> so, so instead of saying I will, you say I am healthy or I am prosperous. Yes. I and see. you include a yes, and you include a feeling word. You include a feeling word with that, you know. I joyfully am receiving the abundance of of this day with all the wealth of the queen and blah 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 you know the queen so in woman go, go ahead well i was going to i was going to uh, uh ask you if listeners wanted to get a copy of the book um uh, or or there's some still available uh maybe for a donation to the temple or something uh yes actually uh, the book is $20 uh and you can purchase it on our website at goddesstempleoc.org just go to store and uh, and and uh, type in you know the information and uh, pay your twenty dollars and one will be mailed to you immediately. Okay. Well, um, I wanted to talk to you about the temple and the museum and membership and all of that, but um, I I don't want to you know close off talk about the empowerment technique if there was maybe something you still wanted to say about it that I haven't thought to ask. Oh well, I wanted to share with you that the the empowerment technique is written from the perspective of the queen. And I know in a lot of, well, certainly the ones I was trained in, goddess spirituality circles, um, the, the only the three major archetypes for women are maiden, mother, and crone. And at the temple, we believe there are four archetypes, maiden, mother, queen, and wise woman, crone. And we feel that this, you know, the queen is the wealthy one. The queen is the visionary one. The queen is, you know, if you think of what a queen is, she is the one with the resources. And I think that one of the reasons why goddess spirituality has not taken over the world 
you know, the queen is also the leader and the ruler, the sovereign one. I think one of the reasons why um, we are not yet as powerful as we could be is because we've left out, you know, one of the most, all the archetypes are powerful. The maiden is powerful in her way, the mother certainly, of course, in her way, the wise woman, of course. But we've left out a very powerful archetype, and that is the, the queen. And we've just left it out completely and ignored her. And I believe that is why so many women in goddess spirituality struggle financially, uh, don't have the lives that they want, because we are not including this queen archetype. The queen is the architect of life, the visionary. She's also the receiver. You know, the mother archetype is is the laborer. That's why they call, you know, that's why they call it labor, you know, giving birth. She's the worker. And if 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 you use only your mother archetype, um, you will always be working for others and you will never receive the harvest of your work. The queen is in autumn, the mother is in summer, the maiden is in spring, you know, and you've got to have all of that together to, to become a powerful woman. So you've got to have the queen. Yeah, I think, you know, we women are, are so much more comfortable giving than expecting to get something back, don't you think? And maybe that's part of uh, our the thing we the, uh, how we have to shift our consciousness. Well, absolutely. We women are trained in patriarchy to be the literally the overgiving mother, and we give and we give and we give and we give until we are burned out. And then what happens for most women, and I've seen this a thousand times, um, is we give until about menopause, which is the start of the time of the queen, 45 to 65 are the queen years, uh, 45 to 65 in age. And then when we have given and given and given, when we have not received, we've not filled our cup again by receiving, we've just given to others, we've worked ourselves to death, we've never received the benefit of our work, the, the harvest of our work, we are pissed off. We are so angry. And now we are just angry, pissed off, middle-aged women. And that's like... That's like, you know, the, the imbalanced queen. The queen right. is, is joyful and wealthy and prosperous and beautiful and benevolent and mature, and, and she's got all the resources at her command, and she's a good leader. She leads people to goodness. That's, we've got to, we women have got to reclaim our queen. It is the solution to everything. Okay. Well, in your Queen book, um, do we know yet uh, when that might be available? Oh, I am so close. And thank you for encouraging <laughs> me to complete that book. You gave me a little stern talking to last week and, and uh, in the most friendly, loving way. And I, I received that, and, and I, I'm completing it now. So thank you for that little little <laughs> kick in the air. <laughs> well, I know how important it is and how good it is. I've, I've sat in on some of your queen classes, and, uh, you know, it can only, uh, you know, help uh, our sisters out there. Um, well, you know, I know, and, and part of the reason you haven't been able to finish it, I'm sure, is because you have so many irons in the fire, one of which is the Goddess Museum. Um, did you want to chat a little bit about that? Oh, I'll say briefly that uh, we are working on the Museum of Goddess History and Culture. What we found was that we had all these beautiful museum-quality statues at the at the temple that it was practically a museum in and of itself already, just with all the altars. Uh, one, one of our, our, our prime, most treasured 
uh, museum exhibit and altar is the statue you so gracious you and Roy uh, your husband so graciously gave us was that fabulous huge Sekhmet sitting on her amazing step pyramid. That people people walk into the temple and they are just bowled over by the power of this this large statue that's 14 feet high, and um, so you know we realized we had all these gorgeous museum quality statues that we 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 recognize that goddess community uh is comprised of a certain number of people but there is undoubtedly a much larger group of people out there who are not goddess people yet um but that they're interested in history and this is the hidden history of humanity you know going back at least 250,000 years we know by the archaeological record, um, we know goddess spirituality is far older than any of the other religions. All the other so-called mainstream religions are literally Johnny-come-latelys to the you know spirituality scene as far as Mother Earth is concerned. But all this is hidden from us. And so people who are interested in history would be very interested in seeing the artifacts um, you know uh, the reproductions of artifacts of you know 200 the Paleolithic, the Upper Paleolithic, and and what was happening then with regard to goddess veneration on Earth. This has all been hidden from us, and for uh, for humanity to not hear of its history, that is a crime, and that is. is something we want to we want to rectify by having you know troops of little kids get off a bus and come in on their field trip and see you know, all these museum exhibits of these ancient goddess artifacts and statues and and realize, can you imagine how empowering that would be for the little girls to see a god that looked like them? Well, you know, Ava, think about it. You know, you and I have been fortunate enough to go to the Louvre, go to the British Museum. You know, in Europe, they have these artifacts in plain sight in most of the museums. I have to say there aren't that many um, American museums that actually house uh, any of right. these artifacts. I mean, even the, Smith's, the Smithsonian museums, you know, when we were on the mall in Washington and we went from museum to museum to museum to museum, that kind of stuff, you know, doesn't even exist. Uh, right. And, you know, there just aren't, I mean, maybe in New York at the Met, um, but, you know, uh, that's just one city in our whole country. This is right. really something that, that is incre- an incredible short supply across the United States. Well, it so is. And, you know, it, like the Getty has a beautiful big Aphrodite and a beautiful big Cabele. And every time I go there, I, I wait for the guard to turn his head and I put my little offering of herbs down at her feet. I know I'm not supposed to touch her. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and and Hearst Castle has you know a beautiful double segment stolen from Egypt. You know, so there there are a few limited. But I think the difference between what you're talking about and what we're doing at at your temple, because you are a, a, a member of the temple, of course, so it's really your temple. Um, what we're doing there is there are museums with goddesses in them. Not that many, but there are a few. But there's no museum to goddess history, and that's a totally different thing. Absolutely. Well, um, is the museum uh, open and uh, ready to take visitors just yet? Yes, and we have many exhibits that continue to unfold 
So uh, we are uh, we have some exhibits that are in progress, but we have a lot of exhibits now that are ready and uh, uh, ready for people to come and enjoy and be educated. Uh, the museum is open free for the entire year of 2015. It's free. We'll be charging in 2016 when some of the other exhibits are completed. Um, but for now, 2015, it's free, and people can men and women, all genders, can come uh, Friday noon to 8 p.m. and Saturday noon to 5 p.m. And, uh, you know, I often talk about the Goddess Temple here on uh, the radio show, and I talk about the benefit of membership. You know, we often, you know, we're, we become members of Emily's List or the Sierra Club or Greenpeace, you know, because we believe in the work these organizations are trying to do to uh, make the world a better place. So, you know, my, my female and male listeners out there, you know, uh, I know if they're listening to the show, they have to be interested in the kind of stuff we're talking about tonight, the kind of stuff you teach at the at the temple. Um, tell us uh, a little bit for, from your own, you know, in your own voice, um, how can people be members? And, um, you know, what's sort of like the starting uh, cost for membership to be a, a member of the temple? Well, it's very easy to become a member of the temple. The uh, and it, you know, uh, Karen, it's not really so much about the money. Although, of course, we need the money to you know continue and to pay our rent uh, and to continue standing, you know, as a mother's house in in the world. But um, it's not as much about the money as it is the commitment to you know supporting the thing regularly. And uh, so you can become a member uh, of Circle of the Earth at twenty five dollars a month. And you get a beautiful color prayer uh, in the mail every month tied to the seasons. Just gorgeous. Put it on your fridge or your altar or wherever. Put it, you know, in your car and have it inspire you. Uh, and then you can go to Circle of the Sun, which is $40 a month, or Circle of the Moon, uh, $75 a month, or Circle of the Stars, 200 a month or more. And with each circle, there are different benefits. You get a lot of temple discounts. Uh, uh, at different levels, you know, if you're a member, you get, you get discounts to events at the temple and many other many other things, invitations to private parties and such. But the reality is, it, there are people out there whose budget does not permit uh, even $25 a month, and I, I know that. Uh, and you can be a member for one dollar a month because, like I say, it's not about the money; it's about the commitment. Be a, a full-fledged member for one dollar a month, and if you, you know, if you if if you don't have a dollar a month, go look in the in the in the depths of your sofa, you know, and find the change, <laughs> and 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 mail it to us, you know, and you will be a member, and you will get the discounts, you will get the benefits, you will get the prayer, and more importantly, you will be energetically part of something amazing that's happening on this planet. Yeah, I mean, you're a member of one of the few goddess temples on the face of the earth. I mean, that gives me goosebumps, i ha- I got to say. Yeah, um, right. Well, um, so we talked about membership. We talked about the museum. Oh, um, you have some great stuff coming up in July. Did you want to mention a few of those things? Oh, you know, thanks to you, we uh, have now meeting at the temple the Theosophical Society of America and the Joseph Campbell Roundtable. They meet on uh, the the same meeting, uh, and you are helping us uh, get uh, wonderful speakers for that. And our next meeting is July 18th uh, at 7 p.m. And we have uh, the gentleman whose name will come to me in a moment talking about scalar heart, 
and it looks fascinating. And our last uh, speaker that you obtained for us did just an amazing job. Uh, so we're getting some really great speakers, and we thank you for, for that wonderful work. It really brings a whole dimension uh, of, of interest to our temple. So we really appreciate that. Yeah, that's uh, it's July 18th uh, from 7 to 9. Uh, it's Connecting to Heart Wisdom with Stephen Lindstedt. Um, that's right. Yeah, right. and and I mean it's and it's free to go to these things. Um, you know, uh, it's yeah. great if people can put a love donation uh, in the basket. Uh, but uh, you know, this is free continuing education to um, right. uh, you know uh, uplift ourselves and um, right keep those juices flowing. <laughs> and Absolutely, you got the and I'll, I'll I'll share one one last thing about uh, uh, we have every Friday. We have a, a goddess happy hour, which we call the Venus Hour. It's from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m., and the attending priestess puts out a beautiful wine, uh, and it's all free, and beautiful hors d'oeuvres and appetizers and soup. It's all free, and people come, and they just enjoy the peace and the beauty of the temple, and they, you know, just sit and talk with each other quietly, and it's, you know, being with like-minded people, it's just a gorgeous thing. It really is. It's so that's every single... Every single Friday, yes, and I think you were about yes. to mention the eco the eco feminist conference is coming the July twenty fifth and twenty sixth. This is a the West Coast eco feminist conference is taking place at the temple, and it, we're not organizing it. It's organized by others, but they've chosen the temple as uh, their location, and they have some amazing speakers. So you can go online and type in westcoastecofem dot org and. Uh, sign up for that. It's it's only $40 for both days, and there's some amazing speakers, so I really encourage people to go check that out. Well, Ava, um, I mean, uh, what you have accomplished, some people in, in the last few years, some people don't do in several lifetimes, so um, I, you know, like we were saying Sunday, take a moment and say, wow, i done good, because you know what? You've, you've done really good. <laughs> <laughs> Karen, as we say at the temple, I receive, I receive, I receive. <laughs> there you go. You you deserve it. You deserve it. And uh, you know what? I am uh, I am honored to call you friend. Um, well, is um, is there anything else uh, before we say good night? I am such a, a, a fan of yours, Karen. You are doing remarkable things in the world. It's just my pleasure to be in your circle and be part of, you know, supporting what you are doing. You've brought so many good things to the temple. I don't think our temple would be uh, what it is today without what you and Roy have, have brought us. So I am just a huge fan of yours, and I, I affirm that our loving relationship will continue for many, many years as we just see each other do uh, all the things that uh, are in our hearts to do uh, to to make our lives better and bring beauty to the world. Oh, thank you, Ava. That's uh, that's very nice of you. And you know, I love you as well. And you know, maybe when we're we're a ninety year old uh, little old shrunken ladies with our gray hair, um, we'll be writing our memoirs and we'll go. Gee, remember <laughs> when we did that? <laughs> well, well, listen, thank you so much uh, for sharing um, your 20-minute uh, empowerment technique. Uh, honestly, I, I, need to get, uh, I, I need to get my butt in gear and try to do it myself because lately I have not had much discipline. In fact, I had a conversation with Sekhmet recently, and I said, Sekhmet, 
please help me. Why can I not be more disciplined? And she said, don't you love yourself enough? And boy. Oh, how interesting. I know. And, you know, when that popped back out at me, it it was, it was like Mm -hmm. I, I, she could have, you know, I could have fallen on the floor with that, um, with that comeback. So um, anyway, I, I, I got to get my button gear. <laughs> well, and, um, I, I'll just say I'll say one last thing on that. If you're if you're not disciplined, I don't know how you manage to do all the things you do. You must have one. I was going to ask you how do you organize your day because you manage to get a lot accomplished. So I'm kind of laughing at this whole idea that you need more discipline. <laughs> well, you know, it depends on what you're talking about. I mean, I have lists on top of lists on top of lists. You know, my daily list, my weekly list, my monthly list, my annual list, my calendar. And I live by those, you know, the Virgo thing. But it's the other stuff that's hard. You know, it's the diet and exercise. It's, you know, trying to do the Qigong classes, trying to stay in gratitude. You know, it's those sorts of things that, uh, you know, that I struggle with, you know. I mean, I'll just be honest. I, I struggle with those. The work is easier than those other sorts of things. And um, like Sekhmet says, I have to love myself enough to make sure I give to myself and don't always just, you know, like you said, the the mother who gives and gives and gives. So I'm working on it. We're all all works in progress. There's one phrase that I use a lot that helps me come back. You know, I believe that discipline is remembering what you really, really, really want. And most of us forget. Every day we forget what we really, really want. And, you know, we get sidetracked in other things. But when you can remember every day what you really, really want, then, you know, you you can be more disciplined. And a really great phrase to, to just ask yourself is, what is my strongest move right now? And when you ask yourself that question, amazing answers come to you, you know? Hmm. Okay. Well, thank you for those tips. I appreciate it because you obviously know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, when you you say, say, what's my strongest move, and you've got, you know, a a green salad or or a, a big tub of ice cream, you know, to choose from, when you say, what's my strongest move, you know, it becomes very clear what your strongest move is. <laughs> oh, but you know what? Sometimes that Ben and Jerry's looks awfully good, and it's hard to make the right move. <laughs> and, and once in a while, the right move is the Ben and Jerry's. I'm convinced. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, dear sister, thank you so much for your time tonight, and uh, I'm sure we will talk soon. And uh, just a reminder to listen. Listeners, the website for the temple in case they want to get the book or attend or find out more about the museum. Yes, Uh, go go to our website. uh, GoddessTempleOC.org, GoddessTempleOC.org. All right, then, um, until we meet again. You are fabulous. Thank you, Karen. Okay, good night. Well, dear listeners, uh, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And it's that time we are crossing the threshold into the second part of the show. And, uh, you know, I promised you that uh, you would uh, be able to hear one of the outtakes from 
FM, Women Healing the World. Um, these are some of the things that uh, I was uh, interviewed saying, but uh, they ended up on the cutting room floor, and uh, maybe they're worth hearing. So I play those uh, every now and again. So uh, have a listen, but stay with me because I've got some other stuff to share with you before we close tonight's show. And this should come up. Um, well, I, I think we we have to really give ourselves permission to rethink everything. Uh, we have to rethink our religion. We have to rethink our politics. You know, very long ago, uh, you know, things shifted away from the idea of uh, of us valuing nature. And let's face it, you know, goddess is nature. And as a result of us uh, being told that uh, nature is evil. Uh, you know, women and their bodies and sexuality, that's all become a taboo subject uh, rather than something sacred like it used to be. Um, we have to rethink that. Um, we have to, you know, rethink what we value in the world. Uh, are we going to value a big bank account? Uh, or are we going to value what we contribute to society, how we are in service to each other? And I think, you know, with patriarchy and, um, and capitalism, it's all about competition. And that means there has to be winners and losers. But if we look for ways to collaborate, collaborate, if we look for ways to be in partnership with one another, whether it's your friend or whether it's uh, you know, a corporation or whether it's another country, uh, the world would be a much more uplifted and evolved place less likely to end in war, less likely to end in, um, you know, one, uh, you know, country or corporation, you know, being dominated by another and uh, the suffering that results from that. Uh, we, we've seen so much militarism, colonialism, uh, you know, all of these isms, the, you know, the sexism, the homophobia, you know, all of these different things that, um, you know, that, that start with religion and move through politics, move through traditions, move through society, and, and shape how we do things. We have to have the courage to shed light on um, how this all began, how uh, what was normal got turned on its head, and sort of right things so that, you know, we're, we're in a place of balance. You know, it used to be the ancient Egyptians talked to us about, um, you know, they were, they were so afraid of things being out of balance because once things went out of balance, we would have chaos. Well, the world is out of balance. It started with a gender imbalance where it was the masculine over the feminine, and we've just had an imbalance, uh, you know, throughout history, whether it be one, you know, one country and power over another or the rich over the poor or whites dominating blacks. There's always this dominator model where, uh, you know, someone's always trying to climb on somebody else's shoulders to get ahead. Well, we need to think more of, about level playing fields. We need to think more about an egalitarian society where there's equality, where there's justice, um, where, where there's truth, where there's freedom. And actually, the, you know, there are goddesses in their mythology that help us lead the way, that provide a template for us 
to um, embrace these sort of ideals in society. Well, that was uh, just a little bit of a clip from Femme Women Healing the World, uh, yours truly. Um, well, um, I am about to share with you... The bees buzzing around in my bonnet. And uh, first, uh, it's about Bernie Sanders. Well, you know, uh, before the radio show started tonight, um, Bernie was about to speak uh, at a venue where they had originally booked it for about 800 people, and there has been such a groundswell of interest in what he is saying and his authenticity and his sincerity, um, I mean, uh, he is just on fire uh, across the country. And that venue uh, had to be shifted to uh, a stadium. So he went from uh, having a venue that would hold less than 1,000 people to holding one uh, holding at one that held 10,000 people. So if you don't know about Bernie Sanders, um, and I can understand you might not just yet. Uh, I knew about Bernie before he uh, decided to run for president, so I've been watching him for a while. Uh, in fact, you know, a couple years ago I actually called his office and spoke to one of his um, uh, office folks there. I don't know what you call him. I guess uh, his interns or whatever. And I said, is there any chance Bernie's going to run for president? We really need him to run for president. So you know what? I would imagine maybe he heard that a lot. But anyway, um, these are just some of the things that Bernie stands for. And uh, I do hope you will try to listen to him uh, or go on my Facebook page and scroll down a bit and see some of the articles that's been written about him. But uh, here, here's 12 things he thinks are important, and probably you do too. He wants to invest in schools, roads, bridges, and airports because our infrastructure is crumbling. Uh, it, it, we should be so ashamed compared to Europe uh, where they're investing in their infrastructure. Uh, he wants us to transition from fossil fuels to renewables. He wants to make it easier for workers to join a union. And you know what? I know sometimes unions have gotten a bad rap lately. Some unions are messed up. Some unions have to be tweaked. They're not perfect. But it was the unions that created the middle class. It was the unions that gave people bargaining power to get vacation, to get overtime, to get benefits. And we forget that. You know, we just hear all the anti-union propaganda out there, and um, the unions are disappearing, and that's why the middle class is disappearing. The two are connected. Uh, the fourth things, thing he is for is raising the minimum wage, because you know what? People can't even live... Uh, decently on 12 or $15 an hour anymore, not if you live in a city like Los Angeles or New York. Uh, I mean, it, that's almost poverty wages. He wants equal pay regardless of sex and gender. Uh, he wants to reform trade policies that send jobs overseas. You know, he believes there, that companies should get benefits for uh, bringing jobs back to the United States, not get tax incentives to ship our jobs away. He wants to make college more affordable. And you know what? We should. You know, uh, people can't afford to go to college anymore. When they graduate, they have this humongous debt that they spend the rest of their lives paying off. 
in Europe, they don't do that. You know, uh, college education is free. They invest in their people. And, you know, we have to stop treating our students as commodities, uh, you know, just like we treat our prisoners, you know, as, as commodities. You know, we privatize prisons and we've privatized education. And, uh, you know, it's not good for the common people. It's only good for, uh, you know, the people who are making money off of us. Uh, he also wants uh, to break up the big banks. Well, you know you know what happened when uh, the banks had all their power. All of those crooks, uh, none of them went to jail when they destroyed the economy. Uh, so we need to break up the big banks. Number nine, he says we have to make health care available to all. And I think what he's talking about there is probably something more like Medicare for all, a single-payer system, because Obamacare might have helped some, but it's far from perfect. Okay, it is far from perfect, but I'm awfully get glad I don't have to worry about going bankrupt if I get really ill, and if I have a pre-existing condition, uh, they cannot um, not insure me, and I don't have to pay more because I'm a woman, and we get a lot of free uh, checkups and things like that. So, you know, there are some good things, of course, much better than not having it, but it needs to be improved. Number 10, he wants to expand Social Security, Medicare, and food stamps because you know what? Millions of children go to bed hungry thanks to Republican austerity that's been forced on us. Uh, there are too many people that, um, you know, Medicare, uh, there, there's not enough money put into Medicare, and people, um, you know, still aren't really getting the care they need, or maybe they have to drive 50 or 60 miles to see a doctor, when oftentimes they might not even have a car. And even with Social Security, do you think most elderly people, um, you know, are living high on the hog, you know, sitting in their hammocks, drinking their pina coladas? No, they're just scraping by, you know, because uh, Social Security, uh, you know, benefits have not gone up with the cost of living. Uh, number 11, he wants to reform the tax code and close corporate loopholes. Yes, absolutely, you know, because corporations have been getting corporate welfare. You know, they get more and more subsidies is what they call it, but it's really corporate welfare while the, you know, the poor and the middle class bear the brunt of everything. We don't have any middle class and poor uh, loopholes. You know, we just have to pay, pay, pay. And finally, number 12, uh, overturn Citizens United, restore the democratic process. Because the Supreme Court, those uh, Republican conservative justices, have really thwarted democracy. Um, it, it, they should really be ashamed of themselves because really what we have now is an oligarchy and we really have to face it. It's a pretty scary prospect, but it's the truth. We have to overturn Citizen U Citizens United. And this is a dozen things that Bernie um, Sanders stands for. And, you know, um, you might think, uh, gee, Karen, um, I'm surprised. Uh, I thought you would have voted for or planned to vote for Hillary. Well, you know, I would love to see a woman president. But in this case, I think Bernie is a better choice. And one of the reasons is, you know, Hillary uh, is too corporatist. She's a centrist, and we have gone so far astray from uh, what the poor and middle class need in this country that, um, you know, we have to start leaning a lot left. Uh, we can't just be centrist. We can't be corporatist. You know, we have to start replenishing, nourishing, rebuilding 
uh, the middle class because it's been decimated. It's not enough to just keep things the way they are uh, because the income equality in this country is just uh, a sin and a shame. So I am for Bernie Sanders. Um, I will be talking about volunteering for him. Uh, I will send him donations when I can afford to, and uh, you will always see me posting things on my Facebook page about Bernie. And uh, I think he's a great man, and we would be a, a lucky country if he becomes our next president. People are already saying he's, uh, he could be the next FDR uh, who did so much for uh, the average uh, man and woman. Um, the other thing I wanted to tell you about uh, is the Parliament uh, of World Religions. Um, I believe I might have told you uh, I was chosen to give a talk. Uh, it will be on uh, the Saturday of the conference. I'll be talking about goddess spirituality and how it is actually sacred feminine liberation theology. Um, I'll be talking about reawakening our ancient sacred stories, how goddess mythology um, actually is a roadmap for a better culture. And it is she of 10,000 names who provides that roadmap. Um, and, you know, whether you're a goddess advocate or an atheist or uh, an agnostic uh, who cares about morality and social justice, we are on the same team. We are allies. So, uh, you know, if you can make it to Salt Lake City in October, I'm feeling like it will be a very inspiring experience. Um, you know, there have been, the focus of the, uh, the parliament is the environment, women's issues, and social justice. And uh, people from uh, all different religions uh, come together there, and uh, it, it's an incredible uh, partnership of ideas uh, designed to, um, you know, move the world forward, to make this world a better place. And, uh, you know, if you haven't planned a vacation yet for this year, you might take an extra couple days after the conference, see some of the national parks. There's actually one goddess site out there I wrote about in Sacred Places of Goddess. Uh, and if uh, you've been wanting to trace your family tree, uh, you've got the Mormon Temple out there, and they are specialists in doing just that, and they will help you. So it could turn into a very nice um, you know, vacation. Uh, so think about it. Think about going to the Parliament. And um, let's see what else. Uh, yes, 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 absolutely, the... the uh, the. Uh, Goddess Spirit Rising conference that uh, is coming up in Simi Valley in September. Um, you want to make sure you register soon. I actually registered this week. Uh, they are going to have um, over 40 uh, people doing presentations and workshops and rituals. This is open to uh, men and uh, uh, transgenders. Uh, this isn't just a women's only event, and it's not a camping event either. It's going to be at Brandeis University, uh, very comfortable accommodations, you know, air conditioning, nice, nice. Uh, you know, Jewish College there is the venue that's been chosen. And um, uh, I, like I I am actually giving my presentation on the Friday. Uh, I will be talking at uh, at the conference of, uh, in very much the same things I will be talking about at the Parliament, which I just described, except uh, here at the conference it it's going to be more of a workshop uh, where if you attend, um, 
you have the option to uh, rewrite a sacred myth. Um, and so it will be a storytelling and writing workshop as well as you know me teaching about this subject. And then on Sunday, I am part of a panel uh, that is about embracing men and transgenders in goddess spirituality. So that will be Sunday. But there's an awful lot in between. This goes on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and uh, there are going to be uh, other wonderful folks out there, men and women, uh, attending and presenting. Uh, so if you want to uh, learn more about the price or the location or the presentations, just go to goddessspiritrising.com. They do have a Facebook page of the same name. There's also a website. So uh, don't forget. And um, I owe Joe Carson a commercial, so uh, stay with me. Uh, on the other side of the commercial, I have a few more things to share. Most people see humankind as really separate from nature and separate from the earth. I'm as much of this earth as a rock or a tree is. And I came out of it. This is my mother planet. I grew out of this earth. As long as we conceive of divinity as above us or outside of us, or that our bodies are somehow less divine than spirit, there's no way that we can change our course. Well, that was Serena Roney Dougal, Ph.D., speaking in Joe Carson's film, Dancing with Gaia. Dancing with Gaia explores the connections between Earth energy, sacred sexuality, and the goddess as Gaia. It features 15 visionaries who give us tools to feel the life of the planet within ourselves. The DVD comes with a 45-page mini-book and costs just $20. You can get your own copy at dancingwithgaia.com. And if I can add my two cents, uh, it is a must for your library, and it would make uh, a good uh, gift for a loved one. Um, let's see. Uh, what else did I want to share with you tonight? Um, well, I, I want to. I, I guess I'll do my PBS spiel here. Uh, if you like what uh, you've been hearing tonight uh, and in past shows, you know, I, I hope you'll show your appreciation and support. Uh, please go to my KarenTate.com website. Uh, once you go there, go to the Goddess Store page, uh, scroll down. Uh, and you know what? When you're there, uh, make sure you see the free meditations. Uh, there's a great one for Sekhmet, another for Isis, another for Spring. Um, avail yourself of those uh, free of charge. You can find my books there. Uh, I hope you will consider uh, buying a copy. I also have uh, wonderful goddess greeting cards um, that uh, have uh, photographs of sacred places and goddesses uh, from sacred sites and museums uh, that I also sell. Uh, I also make um, sistrums or sistra, uh, the sacred uh, rattle of uh, Isis, Hathor, and Bast. Uh, you can order one uh, from my website. But if you'd just like to make a donation, which would be greatly appreciated and helps me pay for this airtime because uh, I don't charge my guests, 
posts uh, each week, you can scroll down to the very bottom of the page and the very last PayPal button. Uh, that will enable you to make a donation of any amount. And you know what? Uh, you don't have to feel funny about sending in a $5 donation every month. Um, I would be happy with that because if uh, you know a dozen people do that, that helps me pay for airtime. Um, also, too, uh, I wanted to tell you that um, uh, on Sunday I am going to be having a very special show. Now, I've never done this before, but I, uh, it, it's a new option I have with my plan here on Blog Talk. I can actually play a pre-recorded show now. So what I've done is I've taken, uh, taken the audio from the talk I gave at uh, Emerson Unitarian Universalist Church on uh, Father's Day, which was also summer solstice, when I talked about fire as an archetype and the sun goddesses, um, the Japanese Amaterasu and the Egyptian uh, lion-headed goddess Sekhmet. I took that audio from that talk, and uh, you will be able to hear it on Sunday. So if you've hit the follow button, uh, and all goes as it's supposed to. If technology works, uh, you will get a, a reminder in your email, and uh, you will be able to listen to it. And it should be archived there, uh, just as any other show would be. So if you can't listen to it live when it plays on Sunday, you should be able to go back and hear it at your convenience. So I hope you do, and I would love to hear from you. Um, let me know if you liked it. Well, uh, I think uh, that about does it uh, for tonight. Uh, I think I'll close with a quote and uh, maybe a little bit of music. And I uh, just want to say thanks to all of you out there. You are the gas in my tank. And I uh, wanted to tell you that uh, Thomas Paine said, and I think it's important for us to hear this because we are trying to reshape the world. He said, we have it within our power to make the world over again. And that is exactly what we're doing, you and me and all of us. We have our own little piece of it. Uh, we are all part of the puzzle. So, um, you know, I talk about here on the show uh, finding our sacred roar. So as you go into the 4th of July weekend, find yours. Find your sacred Yeah, that's actually a lion's roar. What do you think of that? <laughs> so find your sacred roar. Uh, have a, a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Um, do something uh, that that makes you feel really good, uh, listening to music, um, uh, sitting out in nature, reading a book, uh, having coffee with a friend. Do whatever it is that will just make you have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And uh, I will close tonight with Abigail Spinner McBride, uh, Arms of the Mother. Good night, dear listeners. Know you are in her arms every day, every night, every moment, in every way. Evil, mama, pajama, dear.